Thank you very much. I'm sorry that I have such a raspy throat today. But this is four months straight in service. And it just seems like I could just go from one to another. I wonder if you can hear me. Can you hear me, Laura? Can you hear me up in the balcony? Um, I guess my zeal is eating up my wisdom. I preach a lot. Then all hours I pray. And then another thing, I get hot real easy and when I'm speaking. Because I was saying last night about my hair coming out. That's not a natural thing. That was an accident. A barber did it. He was going to put some stuff on my hair to take the dandruff out. He did. <laughs> Carbolic acid. So, medicine's all right, but you want to know who's giving it to you. <laughs> one dose killed my father. So, and one treatment picks me all up. <laughs> so, just know who's giving it. That's the same way I think about salvation. I want to know where it comes from. I want to know somebody's talking about it's having an experience of what they're talking about. That's what makes it so real. When Jesus becomes so real to us. I'm, I'm standing probably a little too close to this. <clears throat> a little more conscious of my horses than I guess I should be. But as far as I know, I don't have no cold. It just preached, preached four months straight. All the way in the frozen regions of the north and the jungles of the south. And just change one day, one place, and a couple days somewhere else. And that does it. Constantly speaking outside in all kinds of weather. So we're happy to be here. Happy to be in Carolina. This has been indeed to me a great thrilling time to visit the Carolinas. And as I said the other night, I believe like the wine at the wedding supper, the Lord left the best for last. I don't mean that uh, any disregards to other states. They've all been very nice. Rep the whole world that I visit has been very nice. But I've certainly, the Carolina people has found a warm place in my heart that'll be there until I'm reaching the rancher. This little pastor here, Brother Jeffrey. What a wonderful little character. He, Brother, I believe, Pardon, and Brother Bigsby, the three pastors that I've met in the association of, in these revivals. How wonderful they've been to me. How I appreciate them all. So glad that Carolina has ministers like that. Just got a chance a few minutes ago to shake hands with some of the clergymen behind me. Just a good old warm pump handle handshake. I like it like that, don't you? We we forgot that. I hope my wife forgives me. She said in that time. I'd call her up here, but she'd faint. She's so bashful. She's like me. So I was very bashful once, but I had to get out of it for the Lord. So, but she is very bashful. And I called her on the platform one time. She's seen me go into visions many times at the house. 
she just stepped out of the room. But the first time she was ever on the platform was a few months ago. Mr. Moore kind of tricked her into it and got her to the platform when the morning had already come on. She said, I, I, I don't desire to be around here anymore. <laughs> and so, but if there's any credit to be given to the Branham family, let it go to her. She's the one who deserves it. She stands between me and the public, 37 years old, almost completely white-headed. And a real mother, sweetheart, wife. I trust that all of you boys, when you get married, you get a wife like God gave me. And I'm so happy for her and my children. Billy Paul, little Rebecca, Sarah, and little baby Joseph. We greet you all. And we thank you for your kindness. A few moments ago, they, I think they'd taken up a love offering for me. I didn't, didn't have to do that. Wasn't asked to. Just a courtesy. I could have been a modern millionaire, you know that. If I had just taken what was given, one offering, one bank night was over a million five hundred thousand dollars. I refused to look at it. When agents brought it to me. So I don't want people's money. I want their confidence. I can win them to Christ. I'd rather have. You've got some lovely homes here. I've been driving around your city. Some fine places. But you know, I'd rather. And I, I appreciate that. Oh, you don't know how glad I am to see God prosper someone. I love it. But. The Lord has given me a home. It's a parsonage. It belongs to the church that I used to pastor. I just live there. But I, I tell you, I'd rather have favor with God than anything I know. And I can't have favor with God and not favor with you all. You are the one who works with me in Christ. If you didn't believe me this afternoon, there would be nobody here. What good would my message do to the people if there's nobody here to receive it? What good would it do if it fell on hearts that were stony and didn't believe it? See, you're just as much into it as I am or the rest. All together, we're co-workers in Christ Jesus. As I was speaking about my wife a few moments ago, I thought first I let it pass by, but it's just too good. <clears throat> She'll tell me about that on the road home this afternoon. You know, I, I just, I like old-fashioned things. That's the reason I like the old-fashioned gospel. I believe in when you handshake, it's just not reach out. I like one of them real good old times, like we used to have. Love seems to be failing in our generation. I was downtown sometime ago with my wife, and a lady said, I do, Sister Brown. I see my wife turn I looked around at her and I said, Honey, that lady spoke to you. She said, I spoke to her. I said, I didn't hear it. She said, I smiled. Oh, I said, Honey, that's not a that little silly possum grins is not a hello. I said, I, I like to hear somebody holler hello. I, I, I like to, where you really speak and use the old fashioned way. I remember Brother Bosworth, Dr. F.F. Bosworth, if he ever comes this way, greet him. He's a lovely brother. 
And he had to retire. He did not retire. He just quit. He thought his ministry was over. That's been about seven or eight years ago. And now he's one of my managers. So he is down, was having a campaign down in Florida. And there was some kind of duchess or something was letting us have the ground. So in the afternoon when it started leaving, he said, Brother Bram, the duchess is back here. Now, friends, I didn't know then what a duchess is. I don't know any more today. I don't know what one is. But it was some kind of a woman back there, and she was dressed. She had enough jewels on her arms to send a dozen missionaries around the world twice. That's not necessary. And she had a pair of specks on a stick holding out that far from her. Now, you know nobody can see through <laughs> And she's looking out like that. And she said, Are you Dr. Brandon? I said, No, ma'am. I'm not. I said, I'm Brother, you call me Brother Bill. And she had her hand like this. She said, I am charmed to meet you. <laughs> we shut down our hand, put it down. I said, Well, sister, get it down here so I know it. <laughs> I just wonder how people put on when, after all, you're just six foot of ground. I was standing by a big museum here some time ago. I love art, music, and in this museum, there's two young fellows looking at analysis of a human body of a man that weighed 150 pounds. You know how much you're worth if you weigh 150 pounds? You're worth 84 cents. You got enough whitewash about you to sprinkle a hen's nest. Just a little bit of calcium and so forth. It's worth 84 cents. Think of it, sister. Worth a thousand dollar meat coral. Nose turned up in rain and ground. And thinking you're somebody when you're only worth 84 cents. That body's that boy standing there said, Well, one looked over and said, John, we're not very much after all, are we? I thought this is my chance. I tapped him on the back. I said, that's true, boys. But you've got a soul that's worth 10,000 worlds. Take care of that soul. Let the 84 cents go. Watch that soul before it will live forever. And that's true, friends. Now, with this in mind, and I'm, I'm ashamed to even try to read that same text again. I've been two times on it. Never did get to it. You're such a wonderful audience. I believe I could stay on that same text six months. I remember one time at my church at home, I preached nearly a year on Job. And I had him on the ash heap back there for about four months. Some nice lady, very diplomatically, she was too nice, I guess, to come up and tell me. But she wrote me a nice little letter. She said, Reverend Bannon, I'm, I'm sure enjoying that one of the messages. But when you go to get Job all the ash heap? <laughs> well, I was waiting for a climax. Got several souls to the altar when Job got all the ash heap. I just love the Old Testament. It's nuggets. And every one of them point to Christ Jesus account with. Now friends, if there's been any blessing or anything in our kind has been, we don't go unless we're led to places. And I know it's been a blessing to us. Not only have you been blessed, but we've been blessed by coming. 
And now, I trust to God that the meetings will mean lots to you. And that you, people who've been saved, will join some good, spirit-filled church. And all these pastors, I pray that their ministry will be blessed exceedingly abundantly. All you people, prosper in health. God bless you all. Till I see you again. Pray for me. And if I happen to go before I see you again, won't you do me a favor? If I go and my body can be buried, when they let me down in the ground, they're going to say, only believe So when you hear on the radio or news or some of it, I'm gone. Stop this a few minutes now. Only believe I believe I'll come out from my mom today someday. Most all Bradhams, when they get old, some of them live long lives. My grandmother was 110. My grandfather died at 97. My grandmother on my mother's side, she died young, the scars along. But she was the one that was a half-breed Cherokee Indian. And my grandfather died about four years ago on my mother's side, being somewhere in his 90s. My father went at 52. I don't know when that will come. But usually, when they get old, the brands, it's just a nature like Isaac went blind, Jacob went blind, both of them prophets and so forth, just seem to run in their family stream. The Brahms, when they get old, they go to shake it, pause it. I expect if I live, someday I've got to preach my last sermon. Pray for the last sick person. I hope I'm an old man. When he's finished with me, Jesus tarries. When I come all the way through every briar patch, every hard place, I come down to the river and I can feel its dashers coming. The fog coming in from out there, and I know my time has come. Standing with the gray hairs hanging around my shoulders and shaking with a stick in my hand. Oh, take off my helmet. Lay it down. Stick the old sword here back in the sheath of eternity. Scream out, Father, send out the lifeboat coming over this morning. He'll be there. I don't worry about that. That's been settled for 25 years. It's more settled today in my heart than ever was. I know who I have believed. I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against the day. I hope to see you over there. And until then, I've got a trip to Africa, many places coming. When the winds are blowing hard, the hot breezes across the country. I'm standing in challenge of witch doctors and so forth. Will you promise to be praying for me? Will you? I'll pray for you. Now let us speak to him. Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee today for Jesus thy Son. Closing this revival, not closing it, Lord, may it just be beginning. May the influence of your visit with us never leave these people until Jesus comes. May it start an old-fashioned revival throughout the city and the state. Every church, all the full gospels, 
Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterians, Nazarenes, whatever they are, Father, send a great revival to this. Lest these handkerchiefs are here before us. O eternal God, let your spirit come upon each of them and bless them that they'll be healed as they go to their destination. When they're laid upon the sick folks that they're intended for may diseases leave their body. Bless us, love the audience, Lord. Bless Brother Jeffries. God be with these other pastors. Be with all these members. Other churches everywhere. All the pastors of the city and throughout the regions. Grant these things to us, Father. Give us just a little voice to speak. A great healing service. May many find their way to Christ. And many be healed. Or we ask it in Jesus' name, thy Son. Amen. <clears throat> the same text Genesis 22 Satan says you can't finish it I can't but God we brought Abraham from the time that he was called of God and was brought to a place where he had received the promise in figurative form. Last night we left him his El Shaddai, God speaking to him. Then we got over to where God promised to Sarah and Abraham and showed a sign what he was going to do for all of his children. How many were sure last night? Let's see your hand. Do you believe it? Say amen. amen. That our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. All around my soul gives way, and is all my hope and stay. On Christ's solid rock we stand over the grounds is sinking sands. Science fails, everything else fails, God's word can't fail. I was with a great doctor here not long ago, doctor of science. He gave a, a degree to a boy, a young fellow friend of mine. And after he embraced him as receiving his degree in science, he was from Washington, and he embraced him and pinned this thing on him. And he said, Son, after all these years of study in science, he said in Washington or somewhere, some hall of science, I forget how many books was written on the latest science. He said, It would take you at least two years if you read day and night to read them all through. And by the time you got them all read through, then you'd have to discard everything that you learned. It's that so fast. To them things that scientifically proven now would be scientifically proven to be wrong then. I stood and waited. That night, that same man in Shreveport, Louisiana, sat in my meeting. I seen him. I said, I'm glad to have the doctor here with us tonight. And I heard his remark, what he said, that this young student who's here now with us, a leader of this music here tonight on the platform, but if he would take two years, how science will absolutely prove that the things that they once proved to be right, they proved again to be wrong. When I went to school, they told me the sun set perfectly still and the world went around. That's scientifically proved to be a lie now. The sun runs also. That's right. See? 
So I suppose Joshua, he wasn't so ignorant after all when he prayed for God to stop the sun. See, it always comes back to the book. Here some time ago, science said, Oh my, isn't that awful? That, that Bible says that God said, As a man thinketh in his heart. There's no mental faculties in his heart to think by. But you know what? Last year they found out God was right. The soul lives in the heart and not in the mind. That's right. So God was right. As a man thinketh in his heart. So is it. Not as his intellectuals introduced to him, but as his soul tells him, it can't fail there. Now, so I said to that science, I said, Sir, them books will fail and always will fail, but I can tell you a book that you'll never have to take back. Anything you've ever said. It'll always be proven to be true. That's God's word. Heavens and earth will pass away, said Jesus, but my word shall never fail. I love that. Abraham trusted in God's word. And we're the children of Abraham today because we trust in God's word. We believe him. Regardless of what people says and what theologians say and educators say, science says, if it's contrary to the word, every man's word's a lie and God's is true. That's the way I believe it. And no matter how strange it may seem, I believe it to be true anyhow. Now, I want you to notice, Abraham, now we're going to finish up the text just for a few minutes before we start to pray. Could you imagine this little boy, Isaac, being born? Abraham and Sarah now, about 115 years old was Sarah, and about 125 years old was Abraham. Waiting. Here's the promised child. The pretty little boy, about 16 years old, little hair hanging down over his shoulder, a handsome little lad, how he loved his father and mother, just as obedient. You know, children, that's what you ought to be to your father and mother. I think it's awful when you hear young people say, my old man and my old woman. I don't believe you people in Carolina, you little children, say that. Way up in the Northlands where I come from, they say it. And it's too bad they ever said it. Listen, that's not the old man and old woman. Someday when the floors are squeaking and cracking and the casket's going out and you look and see a gray-headed person laying there, it won't be the old man and man. That's your daddy. That's your mother. You honor them now. That's the first commandment with promise. Honor your father and mother, which may lengthen the days on the earth that the Lord giveth thee. So, little Isaac being so sub subject in subjection to his father and mother because he was a type of Christ as he was in subject to the father perfectly. And how he minded his father and mother. And one day, God said, Now Abraham, you know way down years to come there's going to be a people, all kinds of scientific things, and they're going to try to disprove my word. But I want to double my word. After I swore I'd keep it, I'll let you live to see the day when you was a hundred years old. And I'll turn you back to a young man of about 25, 35 years old. Again, you and Sarah, and you brought forth this child. You see my hand, now I'm going to give an example for the people of Charlotte today. For everywhere else. This how I keep my word. I'll tell you what I want you to do, Abraham. I want you to take your little boy 
and go to a certain mountain where I'm going to show you. And I want you to take him up there and lay him on an altar and offer him up for a sacrifice. I want you to kill him, Abraham, because in him, I'm going to bless all the world. Doesn't that sound strange? How is that boy, how is Abraham now, after waiting all a hundred years to receive his child, and the child being born, as a last, Sarah never had no more. That was all of them. And how could this be now, after he's waited all this time in the young man here now, about 16, now take him up and destroy the only hope that you have of my promise being fulfilled. Wish I had just a little more voice. I'd just like to show you something here. Sometimes God takes away everything. Let the doctor tell you you're going to die. That's right. Prove it scientifically, show you you're going to die just to show His mercy to you. Doctor says that cancer, we got nothing for it. You know, I heard on the radio the other day that there has never been one successful cancer operation. That's right. We haven't got nothing for it. We have in the medical science, God has in His hands. Moses brought the children of Israel all the way through the land of Egypt, and when he came out of Egypt, just think, two million people, and when they left Egypt, there wasn't a feeble person among them. How did he, for 40 years, fight cancer, tuberculosis? How many babies was born overnight? How many houses did Dr. Moses have to visit? How many broken arms and out there in that desert running around. How much pneumonia? How much malaria? Drinking out of ponds and whatever they could get to. How much bacteria did they pick up? And those germs and things in the waters. Say, doctor, wouldn't you like to look into Moses' medicine kit and find out what he kept them people all well? And not even their clothes got threadbare. Wouldn't you, how many like to look in Dr. Moses' uh, medicine kit? Would you like to see it? I know where it's at in the Bible. Would you like to hear it? Raise up your hand if you would. Just a minute. I'll show you just exactly where it's at. We're seeing over what Dr. Moses said. Dr. Moses had one prescription. He kept them all well with. I'm the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. That's the only prescription he used. And it worked on every case. Say that's a good thing for a doctor to pack in his briefcase, isn't it? I'm the Lord who healed all thy diseases. That's what Moses used. And he kept uh, people alive for 40 years and not a feeble one among them. Isn't that wonderful? Because he used God's Word. You can't go wrong as long as you're using the Word. Stay with the Word. Now, God said to Abraham, take your little boy out there and I'll show you a mountain. And you go up on this mountain and kill him. Now, what if Abraham said, now wait a minute, was that vision true? Let me study that. Was that vision true? Now, God said to me, take my boy and kill him. Now, how am I ever going to be the father of nations? 
And that's my seed and that's a promise. See, now how am I ever going to be the father of nations when God is destroying the only hope I have here? Is that the only hope I have? No, I still got his word. He promised me back there that he'd do it. And through Isaac, all the world would be blessed. So, said, I, listen to Abraham now. I received him as one from the dead. I'm persuaded that God's able to raise him up from the dead. Oh, my. Even with a horse throat, I feel religious. Sure. Abraham said, if I received him as one from the dead, what? The seed in his own body was dead a hundred years old. The deadness of Sarah's womb, they were both sterile to begin with. And then if God performed a miracle and put this germ of life in there, he received him from the dead as one being dead, then God's able to raise him up from the dead. Perfect type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oh my, that would make Presbyterian shout. Think of that. Certainly, Abraham stared not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong, giving praise to him. Praise the Lord. I can imagine it was on Sunday afternoon when he spoke to him. Maybe. On Monday morning, how's he going to do? Poor little Isaac. He looks at him. Oh, he loves him. But I can't look at that. I got to think of obeying God. So he couldn't tell Sarah. Because, you know, the ladies are the weaker vessel. So he sometimes you have to watch. So I, I can't tell Sarah because she wouldn't understand. Sarah never was too strong anyhow in the faith. Because she laughed. She did to believe the promise. But Abraham held her because the man and woman are one. The woman cannot be saved in the Old Testament only by the man. <clears throat> Because it was circumcision and she had to be joined to her husband in order to receive it. But in the last days, God poured out His Spirit and the women are circumcised in the heart. It's like the man. Now, but she believed her husband and called him Lord. So he said, now I can't, I, I can't tell Sarah. So he maybe say, Sarah, Isaac and I are going to take a little trip. We'll be back. How are we coming back? God's able. If he said so, he'll bring us back. That's good. So he saddles up a mule the next morning, cuts some wood, laid on the mule's back. He's going out in the desert. And now look, he walked three days. And at the end of the three days, he lifted up his eyes and saw the mountain where God showed him in the vision. Away off. Now watch. An ordinary man ought to walk 25 miles a day. When I was patrolling for five years, I walked 35 miles a day through the wilderness. Ten hours. Year in and year out. And today, while a man's got gasoline feet nearly, and could do that, what could a man them days who only transportation he had nearly? Was either by a little slow mule or he could outwalk himself nearly. So, only way he had was traveled by foot. And now uh, Abraham, let's say he walked 25 miles a day. And he was 75 miles back now. And he lifted up his eyes and perhaps maybe a, another 25 or 30 miles away. He saw the mountain. said, yep, that's the one God showed me the vision. Now, he said to the servants, the boys is with him, listen to this now. He said, you are... Tarry here. 
while the boy and I go yonder to worship, the boy and I will return. Oh, my! What? With the knife in his belt and in his heart to do the will of God was going to kill his own son. You wait here. The boy and I are going yonder to worship. The boy and I will return. How? You know God will keep his word some way. On they go. Up to the top of the mountain. Now watch. When he got to the mountain, he took all this wood and laid it on Isaac's back. wonder why he done all those things. Because he was a figure of Christ. Isaac packed the wood up the hill that he himself was the sacrifice to lay on. Christ packed the cross up the hill where he the sacrifice is to be laid on. Abraham, shadow of God the Father, given his only begotten son for our sins. Abraham was giving his only son for uh, obedience to God. Notice now. As he go up the hill, Abraham packing the fire. And when he got up there, he said, Father, he said, here I am. He said, here is the wood. And here is the fire. Here is the altar. But where is the lamb for the sacrifice? Oh, could you imagine? That father's heart pumping hard. His only child. Where is the sacrifice? Abraham choking back the tears. Think of your own self. Choking back the tears. Well, let's turn and look towards heaven. He said, my son, God will provide for himself a lamb for the sacrifice. I'm not emotional much, but that just gets me. God will provide for Himself a sacrifice, or a lamb for the sacrifice. So turn around, Isaac. Turn your back to me, son. He did. Isaac thought, what's this? It's leather cards taking my hands. Surely Father understands what He's doing around His feet. Went some cards, tied them together. He looked over. Abraham looked at him, brushed back the hair out of his eyes, kissed him on the cheek. God be with you, my son. Laid him up on the altar. Looked back, choking back the tears. Little Isaac, obedient to death, not asking a question. Abraham pulled the big knife from his, the sheath from, the knife from the sheath. Brushed back the hair away from his little neck. Looked up to God and started to take the life of his own son. Just as he raised his hand, the Holy Ghost caught his hand. Said, Abraham, stay your hand. For I know now that you love me, not even to spare your own son. And about that time, oh God, a sacrifice bladed. A 
yoke, a ram, was caught in the wilderness by his horns. What was it? Jehovah Jireh had provided a lamb. Where'd that lamb come from? Where'd that lamb come from, friends? You know what it was? Why, he was a hundred miles from civilization. Where did he come from? Besides that, he's way up on top of the mountain where there's no water. Where did he come from? It wasn't a vision now. He took the ram, loosed Isaac, his son, laid the ram up and cut it short and blood ran out of it. It was a real ram. Not a myth. Neither a vision. It was a real ram. What was it? The God that I spoke to you the other night had brought himself down in flesh had brought a ram there. Jehovah Jireh had provided a ram for the sacrifice. I say to you this afternoon, my Christian friend, that Jehovah Jireh still exists. And that lamb, which was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, that came down from glory and made himself a little lower than angels to suffer death for all, has provided for everything that you have need of this afternoon and has provided for your salvation. He's provided for your healing. And besides that, he said, I'll not leave you. I'll pray the Father and He'll save you another comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. He will abide with you forever. And the things that I do shall you also, even more than this, for I go to my Father. Jehovah, Jireh, has provided a sacrifice this afternoon for your sin. Jehovah, Jireh, has provided the same lamb this afternoon for your sickness. Can you believe it? And will you believe it? When Jesus is here on earth, he said a little while, and the world won't see me no more. Because I come from God, Spirit. And now I was in the world a little while, and now I go back to God. Then I'll come again and be with you in the form of the Holy Ghost, in you to the end of the world. And he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Now he's here. God has provided a way for you. God's provided a sacrifice. He's Jehovah Jireh, who provided for Abraham, carried him through. And you are the seed of Abraham. As long as you're in Christ Jesus, you are the seed of Abraham. And you're heirs of the same promise by the same God, only in a more positive way than Abraham was. You've got about 2,800 years of experiences to look back to others and see what he's done. And if the Old Testament provided that, how much better did the New Covenant, a better thing, that we without them would not be made perfect, or them without us, rather, would not be made perfect. God has provided. I trust that you will believe it with all your heart as we pray. Now, Father, we thank thee for being Jehovah Jireh, the Lord's provided sacrifice. Now I ask you today, Lord Jesus, 
that you'll give grace abundantly to all the people that are here and let them know that you provided a, a resurrection in form there for Isaac who had come to the end of his road but you provided a way for him and you provided a way of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and provided a Holy Ghost knowing that the time would come when people are trying to explain away all the supernatural of your word but you provided the Holy Ghost to carry on your work doing the same thing that you did when you were here in the corporal body. I pray today that you'll bless exceedingly and heal the sick and save the lost. Grant it, Lord, for we ask that through Christ's name and with our heads bowed, I wonder just if there would perchance be some sinner friend here today that never has accepted this provided sacrifice. Just like to raise up your hand to God. God bless you, my brother. I now accept Christ. God bless you. I now want God bless you. I want to now, in Christ's name, admit to God that I'm a sinner and I want His mercy upon me at this time. And I'm not raising my hand to you, Brother Bradley, but I'm raising my hands to God and saying, I believe that story is the truth because it comes from the Bible. And I believe that all the Bible says is right. And I want God to be merciful to me, a sinner, just now. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand, lady. God bless you, young man. I see your hand. Up in the balcony. Anyone up there would say, raise your hands to Jehovah. God bless you, young lady. I see you over there. Someone else. Just now. Just now, Lord God. What makes man press their way? What makes him go right to the end of their life preaching the gospel? What makes a Christian stand and walk into the face of death without even batting an eye? It's Jehovah Jireh. He's provided a way. A way of escape. You wonder, God bless you, sir. You might have done many a good thing. I had no doubt at all. That's the greatest thing you've ever done in your life. When you raise your hand to your Creator, said, now I believe you. Someone else. I was looking at a dad just now raised his hand. I think about my own dad. He's done crossed over. As his locks fell across my arm. When a doctor gave him a dose of medicine to kill him with overdose of strychnine. And it killed him. And he's looked at that man, his little Irish eyes. Wish I could see him walk down through these aisles today. But see somebody else's dad here. Will you accept it, brother? Believe on the Lord? All right. Someone has backslid them and raise your hand and say, God, I want to come back. I, I feel condemned today. I, I want to come back to Christ. Will you take me back? Would you raise your hand? Well, God bless you, sir. Someone else? <clears throat> Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is here. Someone without the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you desire to be baptized into the body of believers by the Holy Ghost. There's only one baptism. That's Holy Spirit baptism. Water is only a type. Would you raise your hand? God bless you. Wonderful. Dozens of hands up. Then Heavenly Father, I give them to Thee. 
Thou hast said in thy divine word, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. See as those people raise their hands and watch their expression change. Sure, you can't make an act in God's order without something happening. Now thank thee, Father, that they have eternal life now. They'll never perish or never come into judgment. You said it. I believe you. And those who've wandered away, God, just now, speak to their heart. Oh, the way of a transgressor's heart. Nothing but trouble in the way. Weary, scared. God, just now, may you take all their fears away. Put your arms around and say, come on back to the sheep, oh, my child. That's me that's speaking to you. It's my voice. The still, small voice. God, those who are wanting the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I pray that the glory of God will strike this building this afternoon and everyone here will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Grant it, Father. May the little church grow and prosper. I commit them to Thee now. Believing Thy Word and quoting Thy Word, Lord. Some of these people I may never see again till I meet at Your face. Then I'll see them. And they'll never forget this day. They can't raise their hand except you without having eternal life. You said so, Lord. If that hand beneath it had a foundation of a true, honest heart, something happened. You're the one who said the word. They should never perish. Never come into judgment, but it passed from death into life because they believe. Now they're yours, Father. We commit them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I hate to leave you. God bless you, Carolina. Everywhere. I just say goodbye now because of if the Lord Jesus is coming is anointing power. I, I don't know when they take me. The only way I know Brother Woods or someone comes up here goes patting me on the side. I know I'm quit praying right then. See, I don't know. When I'm up there, I feel like I'm a giant. When I'm down here, I'm all right. But just come out of there one time. How many ever know that poets and prophets always consider a little crazy or something? Neurotics. Sure. How many ever hear of Stevens Foster? You ought to. Well, America's best folk songs. Old Black Joe, folks at home. Swanee River, old Kentucky home. Do you know every time you get inspiration right by those songs? Then he'd get on a drunk. You know, finally, after he wrote a famous song, he called a servant, took a razor, and committed suicide. How many ever heard of William Camper? Let's see your hand. How many ever heard this song? There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins when sinners plunge beneath the flood lose all their yelly saints. William Camper wrote that. I stood by his grave not long ago, two or three years ago, in London, England. I had to shed a tear. He was considered a little crazy. You know, after he wrote that song, did you ever read the history of it? He got in a cab and tried to find the same river to commit suicide. He come out of inspiration, see? He didn't know where he's at. Look at Jonah the prophet. After God keeping him alive three days in the belly of the whale, come out and give his prophecy in such a way that a city the size of St. Louis, Missouri, repented. Put sackcloth on their animals. And then went up on the hill and had the inspiration left him. 
a little worm come out and cut a gourd tree down and he prayed God to take his life. See? It's neurotic life. Look at Elijah who called for no rain to come and it didn't come for three years and six months. Then called rain out of heavens then called fire out of heavens the same day. And when the Holy Spirit left him and the vision was completed, the Lord fed him some cakes, put him to sleep, woke him up about an hour or two and fed him again. And he was so unconscious till he wandered out in the wilderness for 40 days and nights. And when God found him, how many knows where he found him? Pulled back in a little cave. Is that right? Didn't know where he was at. Wandering around. See? What does it speak of? There's a land beyond the river. That's right. No need to try and explain it. You can't. If prophets and so forth couldn't explain, how could we? It's just true. That's all. Now, how many share for your first time? Let's see your hand. Just look at the hands. God bless you. So glad to have you. I, I can't do justice, friend. In just a little time like this to explain to you. I just want to ask you something. And I'm sure you second comers will bear with me a minute. My contentions is this. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Bible says so. Do those newcomers need that say amen? The Bible, Jesus, when he was here on earth, he claimed that he was going back to turn to the Father again and form a spirit, but would come in the form of the Holy Ghost and would abide with us forever. And the very same works that he did then, he would do through his church until he come again. How many of those that's true say amen? amen. See, he promised it. He said a little while, and the world. Now what is the world? Worldly minded. See? The worldly minded people, church members, so forth, will see me no more. Did the church members actually see him in that day? No, sir. They never seen him in the light of who he was. They seen his corporal body because they had a sense of sight. Those who could see those who couldn't see, he gave them their sight so they could see. He said to them, it'd be better you had born blind than you wouldn't know to see. But look, they saw him in the light that he was a human being. But they didn't see him in the light of the Son of God. Because they said he was a devil and was a mind reader. Beelzebub, the chief of the fortune tellers. But there were some people then who believed him. Is that right? Amen. They were called the common people. Now what did Jesus do? What was any different from him than any other man? Now if we can find out what he was then, he is the same today. If he is the same, if he's raised from the dead, and all the beliefs that he has, he did raise from the dead and is alive today, say, Amen. Amen. And so be it. Now, I'm just giving you a sanction. I notice. Then, if the man, if this book went down on the floor, and I put this book in its place, that's not resurrection. That's replacement. But if this book went down, if it resurrected, it come back up, it's the same book. Then 
Jesus in the resurrection to show that ain't some other somebody else or something else. He's got to be the same. Now, he wasn't no great theologian. He wasn't no scholar. He never went to any seminary. He never had any degree. Not a record anywhere wherever he even went to any schools or anything like that. But the best of the learned come to him for wisdom. His disciples were ignorant and unlearned, the Bible said. All but one, but Paul. And Paul said, I had to forget all that I ever know in order to know Jesus Christ. Sometimes we have to do that too. Forget what you know so you can learn Christ. But now, what did he do? What was this man? Why did a little fellow like him, no beauty you should desire, probably stoop-shouldered, he's only 30, the, the people said he looked 50. Well, said, you're not a man over, not much over 15 years old. And you say you've seen Abraham? He's only 30. His work must have put a tremendous strain on him. Probably gray beard a little, gray in his hair. And you say you've seen Abraham? He said, well, before Abraham was, I am.
out on that wavy sea, storm up, 10,000 devils of the sea swore they're drowning. That little old boat pitching like a bottle stopper out there. He was a man laying there so tired and weary, even the waves didn't wake him up. But when he got up, put his foot on the rail of the boat, looked up and said, Peace, be still. And the wind and the waves obeyed him. That was more than a man. That was God. Truly, he cried for mercy at the cross. He cried like a man when he was dying. But when he rose on Easter morning, he proved he was God. Praise God. He's a resurrected one. He was a God-man. God was in Christ. He said, for my, that's the reason people couldn't understand him. Sometimes it was Christ speaking, or it was the Son speaking. Other times it was the Father speaking. He was a dual person. He was one man, the Son. God was in him, which was tabernacling in him. But what did he do? Did he go around and say, I'm the healer? Very contrary, he said, I'm not the healer. He said, it isn't me that doeth the works, it's my Father that dwelleth in me. And in St. John the 19th chapter, when he was questioned by passing a whole bunch of crippled, lame, withered, halt, blind people, healed one man laying on a pallet. The father showed him to go there and heal. Walk away and left the rest of them laying there. They questioned him. The man packing his bed on the Sabbath. Listen to what he said, St. John 5, 19. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself. But what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Is that what he said? I do nothing till the Father shows me a vision first what to do. Step back in his life a little bit. At the beginning of his ministry, and just a couple of places for the newcomers, the name will close. Look when Philip got converted, went over and found Nathaniel. Said, Come see who we found, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. Nathaniel had been praying under a tree. He said, Now could there be any good thing come out of Nazareth? Said, Come see. That's the best way to find out. Come and see. He come up and stood in the prayer line, perhaps where Jesus was or in the audience where Jesus, as soon as he seen him, he'd never seen him in his life. Standing there, he said, Behold an Israelite in whom there's no God. Why not? I said, Close. He said, Say, Rabbi, Reverend, Teacher, when did you know me? How do you know me? You never seen me in your life, and how do you know me? He said, before Philip called you, 15 miles around the mountain, you know, when he was under the tree, I saw you. There stood the priests and the rabbis, the doctors, D.D., double L.D. They said, you know who he is? He's a mind reader. He's Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. Well, all the power of all the mind readers, he's the chief of them all. Jesus turned and said, you'll be forgiven for that. You speak that against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven. But one day the Holy Ghost is coming. Hallelujah. After my blood shed down over you bloodthirsty atheist. Said you're your father the devil. He said when that blood is shed and the Holy Ghost comes and does the same work that I do. If you speak one word against it it will never be forgiven in this world or the world to come. How many knows that scripture? So be careful. Just one word is all you have to get out of line. So you see where I stand here today? Who am I to stand here with these kind of things? See? Now what did this man the miracle was performing? You said a miracle? He wasn't a healed. Well, that don't have to be a healing for a miracle. He's all kinds of miracles. Sure, it was a miracle and he knew he was under the tree. 
He's a miracle. He knows who he was. He's a miracle. He knows their names. So he said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Because I said that, you believe it? You'll see greater than this. That was his sign. That was the sign of the Jews. That he was the son of God because he could do this. A woman touched his garment. Run off out in the audience. This is to the newcomer. She ran off out in the audience. Because she said in her heart, if I can touch him, I can be made well. Then when she did that, she felt satisfied she was going to be healed. Jesus said, who touched me? While they said, touch it, the woman and all of them said, no, not me. Everybody denied, the Bible said. I said, somebody touched me because I got weak. See? That's what causes weakness here. It's your faith. See? And it said, I got weak. Virtue went from me. Or strength went from me. Virtue is strength. So strength went from me. I got weak. So he kept looking around until he found the little woman. He set his eye on her. She had a blood issue. He said, your faith. Your faith. Not no vision I saw, but your faith did. Is that right? Thy faith. He didn't even know who she was, nothing about her. There was no vision. Just her faith touched him. Said, Thy faith has made you whole. If Jesus did that that day, he's got to do it today if he's raised from the dead. The Bible said he's the high priest. He can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Now, as you're in spirit form, you can touch him with your sickness. Now, closing. And may the Lord help you to believe it. If Jesus Christ will return, now he, he can't come here in a corporal body. When his body comes in glory, every eye shall see him, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. Is that right? Now all this isms going around, my poor little children, you be careful. As you're waiting around, because there's everything in the world. Remember, when all in the last days the Bible said that the devil would go about like a roaring lion. Lying wonders, deceiving. Is that right? And when all hell opens up, remember all heaven will open up too. See? And the Bible said that Jambers and Jambers would raise up in the last days and almost deceive the very elect. Be careful, brother. Keep it right on the Word of God. Don't leave there. There's a whole lot of things today going on is not coming from that word. And you leave it alone. Stay with the Bible. Because the Bible said to see the very elect, if possible. But when your name's wrote on the Lamb's book of life from the foundation of the world, you'll know his voice. Stranger, you'll not follow. Don't care if oil's pouring out of hands and feet and everything else. You'll know that don't come from the Bible. And you'll stay with God. Now, just watch all kinds of wonders. Now remember, if Jesus has raised from the dead, He's alive. And He works through His church. And He sets some in the church, what? First, missionaries, or apostles, both the same, one same. Second, prophets, teachers, evangelists. Pastors. Is that what the Bible said? Amen. He set five church offices. Missionaries, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, for the perfecting of the church. 
Then there's nine spiritual gifts that operate through the body. Now, one of them is the gift of knowledge, gift of wisdom, gift of tongues, gift of interpretation, and all those things, gift of prophecy. Now, there's a vast difference between a gift of prophecy and a prophet. A gift of prophecy goes from one to another, and before the church can even receive it, it's got to be judged before three spiritual judges. And if it don't come to pass, then it's wrong. You've got the wrong spirit among you. Like speaking in tongues and interpretation. That's where you Pentecostal peoples let down. I'm not your judge, but that's the word. That's right. You want haywire on that. You to watch them things. Let it absolutely be done decently and in order. And when a message goes, hear it. Come down to the tabernacle one time and watch how we operated there. Them things has to be every word true. If it doesn't, that person goes to the altar and get that evil spirit off of them. God won't lie. God tells the truth. Amen. Then you have the church in order. That's what we're going to teach when we get to 10. So we can get the big church and see if God can get us set together. All them gifts goes in the church, but the people just get them and just go anyway with them. Like Paul said, people say you're crazy. That's what's hurt the Pentecostal church. Certainly. You've had the gifts, but you, your pastors fail it. Excuse me, brother, I didn't mean that. Uh, well, yes, I did too. I, I, think, I don't mean to hurt your feelings, I mean, see? But look, it's failed to set that church in the right order. That's right. That's what the church needs today. Let that church get in order and watch all the hell turn loose saying. Yes, sir. It'll come together. You know, the Solomon's first temple of God was cut out all over the world, but when it come together, every stone went right to its place. See? The chief cornerstone, the rejected one, was to become the chief of the corner. Now, all these spiritual gifts. Now, a gift of prophecy, a prophet is born to prophet. A gift of prophecy is on one and then the other, and one and then the other. So it's just in the church. And all nine spiritual gifts should be operating in every local body. Yes. There are to be judges there, and so forth, in the church and order and working right. But now, a prophet. Now look, Jeremiah. Well, we just imagine we take Moses, he was born a prophet. Elijah, John the Baptist went right into the wilderness. See? A prophet. There's Je- Zechariah. God told Zechariah, said, before you was even formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. Is that right? All the way up they had, thus saith the Lord. Not, no judges standing before them. They had the word of God. That's right. God in sundry times and divers manners spoke to the fathers through the prophets, but through this last day through His Son, Jesus Christ, the resurrected one. Now, if He's standing here with these prophetic gifts and all kinds of gifts operating in the church, you ought to believe Him. Will you do it? Now, Heavenly Father, may You grant these blessings this afternoon to the people as we wait for the furthering of Your Spirit to bless us. We ask in Christ's name, Amen. Let's just all now be cut off on teaching there. Let's just sing together only. Will you just once kind of come back now? I wonder while we're singing this, if Jesus will appear here this afternoon, the resurrected Jesus, will appear here this afternoon in his body of people and do the same things that he did back there when he was here on earth, will you believe him? Now look, Cleopius and them after the resurrection, they thought he was dead. He was walking with people that loved him. And many of you people love the Lord. But 
you fail to recognize that He's with you all the time. That's what's the matter of your healing today. You fail to recognize that He's right by you. Oh, I wish I could get that feeling. Mine. Wish I could let it soak down on that side about five ribs deep. See? If you can only recognize, look at look at the Cleopas in there. There's walking along saying, Well, guess it's all over. He's dead. We see him killed. We see the spear go through his heart. Died the day before yesterday. Well, we might as well go back home, that's all. Yeah, I got a story down there. They women said they saw him, but of course we heard the report, Jews come stole him away, tuck him out. I wonder what's happened. The stranger walked out and said, Good morning, really. Good morning, sir. So what is he sad about? Said, are you a stranger and don't know that Jesus of Nazareth, who he expected to be the king of Israel, has dead? This is the third day and so forth. And why he said, foolish of heart and slow to understand. What? The first thing he went was right straight to the scripture. That's where Jesus always goes. When you see a man dodging that scripture, you dodge him. You stay right on that scripture. He went right straight to the scriptures and began with the prophets and began to explain in the Old Testament how that God was supposed to do, raise up Christ and how he's to die and raise the third day and so forth. And they didn't know it was him. They walked all day with him. So when he got to the place where he's going to go in, he acted like he's going to go on by. You know, that's the way he acts a lot of times. You think he's going to pass you right by? He ain't. Don't worry. He's not going to pass you by. So he just acts like he's going to go by. Oh, they said you must come and abide with us. The days far spent. You must, they constrained him to come in. Said, all right. When he's invited, he'll come. So they go in, close the door. The little waitress come up and said, what do you gentlemen have? They ordered their bread and stuff. And so she went back and brought it out, set it down. They returned thanks. And then Jesus done something the way he used to do it. And Cleopas looked at his friend. His friend looked back to him. Why? Well, he said, that's, that's the same way. That's the same way Jesus done it with. He looked back and he was gone. You see? They didn't run back real quick to argue their religion. They ran back to say the Lord's risen indeed. <laughs> now, we're not here to argue somebody's theology, whether Methodist or Baptist or Presbyterian or baptized this way, that way, sprinkled. That's... Don't pay attention to that. I'm here to say that Christ has risen from the dead. That's the main thing. And our hope is not in vain. And I'm trying to help the sick people by it, to let them know that he died to heal them as same as he died to save them. May he come and do it, is my prayer. Only believe you. Oh, things are possible if you can only believe. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'll do it. I've asked the Father in the name of Jesus for His Son to come. And we, you yield yourself to Him. I yield myself to Him. He'll speak to us this afternoon. The Lord bless you. All right. Where's the prayer? Uh, did you give out? What, from what to what? They were given. Ease. It's five days. A, B, C, D, E. That's right. Ease. Finally, let's see. We've been calling ones and fifties. Let's call something strange from it today. Let's call from 75 today. Who has prayer card E75? 
It's a little bitty thing like this little white card. Got a number, a letter. E75. Would you raise your hand? Maybe I got the wrong. It was it E? Oh, I'm sorry, sister. Come up here. Right here at the bottom of the steps. E75, 76. 77. 78. 79. 79? All right. 80. 81. 82. 83. 84. 85. 86. Eighty-seven, eighty-eight, eighty-nine, ninety, ninety-one, ninety-two, ninety-three, ninety-four, ninety-five, ninety-six, ninety-seven, ninety-eight, ninety-nine, hundred. <clears throat> I'll be real, Reverend. I will not be responsible for critics or what happens. I hope to see you again next year. Or whenever we can get the tent. I want to thank the Christian businessmen for their fine cooperation. For the pastors, their fine cooperation. For the custodians here, whatever. And for the ushers, they've done a fine job. For the sister organist here, and the pianist. For every one of you, for your tape recordings. For your help, for your support. For everything, God richly bless you is my prayer. I pray that he'll pay you a hundredfold. Remember, when you, if I can be of a favor to you, write to me. The night don't get too dark. The rain don't fall too hard. I'll be praying for you. All right. While they're trying to line up the prayer line here for those who has their prayer cards, Let's start the prayer line to save time. Would you, brother, go ahead and <coughs> bring up some of the people there? How many here doesn't have a prayer card and wants Jesus to heal you? Let's hear. <coughs> Pardon me. God bless you. My beloved friends, my most gallant people, you realize what you've done a while ago when you put in that offering? You know what you did? You're helping me feed my children. If there's any leftover that I don't... My expenses run me at home about $100 a day. My office and everything. Sending out naughty claws. Everything's free. And I'll assure you this, brother, sister. There'll not be one cent of it It'll go for the wrong thing. Best of my knowledge. It'll go to the mission fields that are helping preach the gospel to the unsaved and the heathen of the land. Then I'm the, the steward over that. It's out of your hands. It's in my hand now. Might have been $100. It might have been $300. I don't know what it was. If it was $1,000. I don't know what it was. Whatever what it is. It's up to me now. I'll answer for it from here out. And I want to be a good steward to the Lord. I use it to the best of my knowledge. To His glory. Thank you. God bless you. And now, I wonder, you know right offhand, Abide With Me, without the music, do you? That song, Abide With Me, just kind of a little loud, if you will, so 
a crowd can come. That's right, sister, if you'll come. I love that song. today, a Bible time again. The Lord Jesus, when he went about, is the prophet of Galilee, and he claimed he could do nothing himself, but just as the Father would show him, so one day he went up to Samaria, he had need to go up on his road to Jericho, went up over the mountain, wonder why, said the Father, send him up there, of course. He set out on a well. And a woman come out, get some water. And he said he sent his disciples away before that to get some food. And he said to the woman, bring me a drink. Why would he do that? Bring me a drink. Maybe he's not thirsty. She said, it's not customary for you Jews to ask Samaritans such as that. Said, we have no dealings with each other. That's right said, but if you know who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. And I'll bring you water, you don't come here to draw. She said, the well's deep and you don't have nothing to draw with. He said, but the water I'll give is life, bubbling up. Well, she said, uh, our fathers worship in this mountain, and you say it's Jerusalem. He said, salvation is of the Jew woman. We know that. We worship 
We know what we worship. Salvation of the Jew. But the hour is coming when the Father don't want to worship in this mountain, neither at Jerusalem, but in the Spirit and truth. And Father seeketh such. Is that scripture? And then what was he doing? Carrying this conversation with the woman, he was contacting her spirit. The Father said, go up there. That's all he knew to do. Father told me to come down here. That's all I know to do. Here's a woman. I don't know anything about her. But why am I doing contacting your spirit? Same thing he did. Now, Jesus said to the woman, go get your husband. He found her trouble. Was that right? He said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have any husband. He said, that's right, you got five. What did that Jew say when he told him where he was? He said, this is the sign of the Messiah. You're the Christ, the King of Israel. What's this Samaritan now? What you going to say? Why, she said, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. She said, I know that when Messiah, we know, the Samaritans, we know that when the Messiah cometh, he'll tell us these things. But who are you? He said, I'm he that speaks to you. What was that the sign of? Newcomers? Messiah, is that right? It is the sign of Messiah to the Jew. It was the sign of Messiah to the Samaritan. The same thing to the Gentile. When Peter went up, Jesus was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Now, if the Messiah is not in the grave, but alive today in his church, it's still the sign of the Messiah. Is that right? At the house of Cornelius. When Peter went in and showed him about the vision, he saw it on the housetop. Seeing Cornelius then, he seen that that was a sign of the Messiah of the resurrection. While Peter spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on everyone of them here for Amen. Ain't it too bad today that our hearts are so stony? We can't tender ourselves up. You know why? I've seen something just like if the Lord doesn't happen one time in India, thousands. One time in Durban, South Africa, I've seen 20,000 raw heathens come to Christ at one time. I saw 25,000 people get healed at one time. They hauled seven, the papers back, seven loads, truckloads of crutches, wheelchairs, and things away from the grounds for one prayer. But oh, we got so much doctrine. Dr. Jones says it's mental telepathy, like the Jews did. The other says it's a devil. It don't have nothing to do with poor people. We're the, we need missionaries in America worse than all the world put together. It's a lot harder to deal with an educated heathen than an uneducated one. Heathen means unbeliever. Now, the lady, sister, of course, me not knowing you, never seen you in my life, that I have to be some way out. If God will tell me what you're here for, or something just like you did through Jesus to the woman, will you accept him? Will the audience accept him with all your heart you believe you'll accept him? Watch her. The woman under oath as it would be. We don't believe in swearing, but her hand up. We don't know one another. Is that right, lady? Never met in our lives. We don't know each other. Just understand. You've been in my meeting, but you, you don't, I don't know you. That's what I meant, you see. We don't know one another. This is our first time meeting. All right, then, if something is revealed, 
It'll have to come through God. Now, you could claim it, telepathy, you could claim it, the devil, well, that would determine what you'd get out of it. You know, the woman touched his garment, she got virtue. But the man who put a rag around his head, that Roman soldier, the soldiers, and criticized him and hit him on the head with a stick and said, Tell me who hit you. We believe you now. They didn't feel no virtue. They didn't get nothing. Condemnation went to hell for it. They didn't repent. So that's just a tournament. That's wrong. Now, if God will tell me what you're here for, you'll believe me to be his servant, the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's his spirit who's here doing the same thing he done in the Bible. Remember, the whole audience claimed they would do. Now, you be the judge. Be whether it's right or not, let you judge it. Now, the first thing, the woman, I see her all upset about something. First, yes, she's nervous. I see that she's extremely nervous. Of course, that's a time of life that she's going through at the time. That's her age. Another thing, she has a growth. Growth on her back. That's right. One on your foot, too. That's right. That's right. Raise up your hand. You believe? Now, can I take the growth off? No. Jesus did that at Calvary. You believe it? you got some more trouble you're into, too, aren't you? It's a relative of yours. Yes. It's a domestic trouble, like. It's about a marriage or divorcing and so forth. It's your nephew. That's, is that right? Now, do you believe me? All right. Go receive what you've asked for. Lord Jesus. Thanks be to God. Now he's here. I don't know how you judge it. That's up to you. Christ, I've preached his word. Christ is here to confirm his word. To fulfill his word. That's up to you what your heart is. I shall continue with the prayer line. How do you lady? I don't know you lady. You know that. God only knows you as far as, far as I'm concerned. You may have lots of people know you, but I don't. But if God will tell me what your trouble is, will you believe that it's Christ and not your brother standing here doing this? You will. You're suffering with some kind of something that stiffens you. Arthritis. It's fine. You got arthritis. That's right. Raise your hand. And you got a growth, too. And that growth's in your throat. That's right, isn't it? Now you believe? And just walk off the platform like a young lady. Arthritis is gone from you. Why? Boy, you suffer. Do whatever you wish to. Let's say thanks be to God. How do you do, sir? We're strangers to each other, I suppose, sir. You're conscious that something's going on, aren't you? Yes, sir. The audience can see the expression of the people as they walk close. How many have seen that picture of the angel of the Lord? Let's see your hand. That's what's right here with this brother now. That's right. You realize something's going on? That's, that stands between us at this time, sir. We'll stand before it someday for judgment. 
I couldn't heal you if you're sick. You know, Jesus did that. What he did, it's already paid for. We just have to believe it, accept it, have faith in it, believe it. God intended it for us, which he did. But you're suffering with a, a sea, it looks like a blood or something. It's kind of it's diabetes. Sugar diabetes. That's right, isn't it, sir? You believe me to be a servant? You do that, audience? Look on me just a minute, sir. You have a fine, very fine spirit about you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I've never seen you. I'll say this, you're not from this town. You're from about a hundred miles away from here. A place called King or something like that. Right. And your initial is uh, WC, like, uh, seriously. That's right. That's right. That's right. You believe me now as God's prophet? And go be well. Jesus Christ. You believe? Don't doubt. Have faith. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. You believe, lady? I believe you're telling the truth. All right. May the Lord bless you and help you. Now, the first thing, you're suffering with a trouble with your head. Some kind of an injured nerve. You also got a bladder trouble, haven't you, Bobby? That's what your doctor told you, anyhow. That's right. You believe you're healed? Thank God, believe. believe it with all your well, heart. Thank the Lord bless you. And we thank our Heavenly Father for our service. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, this didn't weaken me so. <clears throat> Just have faith. Audience, are you conscious what's going on? Do you realize that somewhere in the supernatural realm here stands the resurrected Christ? He's out there too. Do you believe it? Look this way and tell him you do. Anywhere in the building, just look and say, God, I believe it. What you praying about, little lady, sitting on the end? You believe me to be his prophet? You want to get over a nervous spell, don't you? Right? If that's right, stand on your feet, little lady. Right? And I mean this little elderly lady standing here. That's right. You were sitting there praying because you had a nervous condition, don't you? It's a mental disturbance. You're always upset. Isn't that right? If that's right, wave your hand like that. Now, right now you don't feel it, do you? It's gone from you. You're healed. Your faith is healed. Now you can go home a well woman, glorifying God. Look, sister, don't weep. Believe. Do you believe me to be his prophet or his servant? I couldn't heal you, you know, if I had to, could I? But if God will reveal to me your trouble, will you, will you accept it? 
Your trouble is that you're real weak. That's right. You've lost a lot of weight. I see you're a bigger woman than what you really are now. Why? You've just come from a hospital. You've had an experience in a hospital. And you're so weak you can't hold yourself up. That's right, isn't it? Thus saith the Lord. That's right, stand on your feet. Now, your weaknesses leave you. You go home and be a well woman. Your faith made you well. Amen. Have faith in God. If thou canst believe, are you the patient or the person? You believe? You believe what I preached about Jesus Christ being the Son of God? Is that right, Lee? You are a believer. How do I know? You could be a critic, but your spirit is welcome. You're a believer. I'm just your brother. I've never seen you in my life. But now, if you're needing healing, I couldn't do it. You know that. If you're needing forgiveness for something, unless you sinned against me, I could forgive you if you sinned against me, but God has to forgive you. But you're alive. You couldn't hide now. Because you're already in contact. Amen. It's wonderful. You're a nervous person too. Really all upset. Weary. Then you got a, a rupture too. That's right, isn't it? You believe me to be his prophet? You got more trouble than that, sister. The son you're praying about. The son is mentally retarded. Your boy. You're praying about him. You're not from here either. Place called Greenville. That's right, isn't it? Take that handkerchief that you wipe your tears with. Lay it on the child. We'll be praying. you were praying, and I heard in another dimension, another world, telling you what you're praying about, will you believe that Jesus heard you, and his, this is his anointing, who hears prayer? Christ. You were praying for a bladder condition, and you were praying for a colon condition, and asking God to have me to speak to you, is that right it is? I want you to stand up to your feet just a minute. So the people know. Turn around to the audience. You believe? Don't fear, sister. You're going to be well. Why do I say that? It turns white and light around you. First it was a dark shadow. Then that light come down as you accepted the same angels over there. It went away. Now go believe and don't doubt. Because he'll try to come back. The last estate will be seven times worse. But you believe what you're told. If he knows what your past was, surely he knows what your future will be. And look, another thing, that deep walk with God you're seeking. That's right. It's true. You're going to receive that now. Not reading your mind, 
It's telling you what your desire is, what your prayer is. How do you do it? What do you think about all this? You believe it's the Son of God, not your brother, you know? My, how can I do those things? I have no... Sister, have faith. I can't heal you, but believe. You raised up a while ago, got the wrong person. There's a little lady sitting here in front. But you wanted, it's nervous, I kept causing, but your trouble comes from your back. That's right, isn't it, The little girl there. Raise your hand up if that's right. See, you stepped up just a little ahead. That's all right, I seen what was wrong with you. Lay your hand over the lady next to you because she's got arthritis. She wants to be prayed for. Isn't that right, lady? The elderly lady? Raise up your hand. You believe me to be a servant now? Have faith and believe. I see you having something around your arm. Well, it's a blood pressure thing. And he says your blood's low. That's right, isn't it? Let me tell you something else might encourage you. Low blood pressure is worse than high. We realize that. Especially at your weight. But I want to ask you something. Let me tell you so you know that Jesus Christ is here. You got somebody else you're praying for. That's your daddy. He isn't here. But he's got a bad hip. That's right, isn't he? Now go and take out a handkerchief you wipe your tears from and receive what you ask for. Come, lady. You know God can heal diabetes. Do you believe that? All right, go tell him. Thank him. Thank the Lord. Go even. Come, lady. You believe me, sister? You're mighty young to have that kind of a condition. It's a female condition, a lady's trouble. That is right, isn't it? You believe he heals you? You're feeling something now you never had before. Isn't that right? I go believe it. It will come to pass. If thou canst believe. Sister... God, you've got one of the worst diseases there is, heart trouble. But God can heal heart trouble, can't he? You believe it? You believe it? All right, then go and receive it. And be made well with all your heart. How do you do, lady? Now listen, arthritis is bad. The doctors has nothing for it, but Jesus has. Do you accept it? Go walk across the platform and receive your healing. In the name of the Lord Jesus, come, lady. Do you believe with all your heart? You believe Jesus Christ is sure to make you well? All right, the female trouble has left you. I want to tell you something. That had a drainage to it too, didn't it? All right, go rejoicing, happy, and thanking the Lord for His peace. God bless you. <clears throat> See, you slipped there. Satan tried to upset you. But you know what did it? It was just a little something strange. Because a woman just passed by here was healed heart trouble. The same thing that you had, you was healed. That's called what caused him to try to throw you off or hurt you. But he failed. You're healed. Um, your lady's condition, main thing, you're nervous, and a lady's condition in a female trouble causes that. You believe you're, you're healed? Then go and receive him in the name of the Lord Jesus. Have faith! Lady, what's a kidney trouble or back trouble to God? You believe you make you well? Then go and receive it in Jesus' name. You believe? Huh? 
Wait a minute. You believe? Hold on out there. Has you raised the dead? You believe your wayward daughter will come home and be saved, lady? You're praying for your daughter, aren't you? Yes. Lay your hand on that lady next to you. She's got bronchial trouble in her bronchial tubes. Isn't that right, lady? Have faith in God. What about you right behind her? You've got spine trouble, haven't you, lady? Stand up on your feet there. A little like that. Put your hand on the lady next to you. She's got arthritis and she wants to be healed. Stand up on your feet, please. Now you are. It's all over now. You're healed. 